If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Steve since the sandbox. What's up, everybody? Since the sandbox is back, and we had a ton of great games this week, but there's one I want to get started off with the Colts at home versus the Packers. Awful first half. Uncle Phil comes back slinging. Defense gets a couple of turnovers, man. The boys are buzzing. Staying at home to play Tennessee. Great day for Shoeville, baby. Yeah, well, that was a huge win. And I feel like the game was, was a little fishy when, when they showed the spread. The Packers were getting one and a half. So that's why I kind of thought Indy was going to play them good. What a good game from the rookie, Lou. Pittman's really showing out recently. It was a good coming out game for Jonathan Taylor. Of course, I played the the Naheem Hines role this week, and I just can't get that Colts backfield right. But that was a huge game for them, and it wasn't even necessarily a disappointing game for the Packers either. I feel like they played a good game. I just felt like this was a statement game from the Colts showing that they are a legit team. And Julian Blackman, the rookie, with the punch out in overtime, defensive rookie of the year, all on the train. Now, great win by your boys, Lou. Definitely a big one. Like Steve said, I, I don't want to say it was a bad game on Green Bay's part because going up against that indie defense, we know, is, is not an easy task. So I think they played good considering the circumstances. But, you know, sometimes a couple calls, a couple plays just don't go your way, and I think that's what happened with the Packers. But like you guys said, definitely a big statement game for the Colts, and they're definitely starting to emerge as one of those top teams that can really be scary in the playoffs. I mean, that defense is absolutely lethal. Their offense, I thought, looks really good. Phillip Rivers looked good. I mean, all season he really has, considering, you know, we weren't really sure what he was going to be this year. But they definitely turned into a complete team and a scary team, Lou. So hats off to the shoe. <laughs> yeah, big win for the Colts there. And, guys, another big win happened on Thursday night when the Seahawks handled the Cardinals. And that game was very close, very competitive. And I don't even want to say that the Seahawks won that game. I kind of think it was more of the Cardinals losing that game. Lou, Kev, I don't know if you guys fail me on that. But, you know, Seahawks still didn't really impress me. If, if that Cardinals running game was a little more consistent, you know, they got it to D-hop a little bit. I think the game could have went different. But 7-3 and three for the Seahawks, that, that's going to be huge for the standings coming down the end of the season. Both of these teams splitting and the Seahawks losing last week to the Rams. Yeah, honestly, Steve, I feel both ways. I don't think either team really impressed me. I just think it was a good sign for the Seahawks that the defense stepped up in the fourth quarter, got a huge stop, sat Kyle Murray when they were pretty close to the red zone, if not in the red zone. And that's what they need. They need the defense to make big plays after Russ puts up 20-plus points with the offense. And they desperately need Chris Carson back because Carlos Hyde is, is just not going to get it done game in and game out. Yeah, no, like you guys said, it definitely is a stepping stone for that Seattle defense. We've been saying all year like that, no matter who's healthy in that offense, as long as Russ is playing, they're going to put up, you know, 21, 28 plus points. And it really comes down to that defense being able to stop teams. Yeah, they gave up 21 points, but against that Cardinals offense and the way they've been playing, like I consider that a success, you know what I mean? Especially like we said, because that Seahawks offense is going to get it done. So definitely big crunch time plays by the Seahawks defense. You know, that was good to see, I guess, if you're a Seahawks fan. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's, I, I don't think they're going to keep this up for long. Hopefully they can that defense, but I think it was just one of those things where they just played good and, and that's what it is. No, I hear that. Now let's move to another game, guys. The Browns are making a strong playoff push. That was a pretty big win for them. Obviously, Philly isn't a great team. 
but this is the best record that they've had in a while. And, you know, they don't really have the offense to complement them that much. Their defense has played solid. They're just winning games, ugly games, honestly. And Philly looked really bad. But after the Browns, you know, had that strong game, what do we think about Philly? Do we think that they're the best team in the NFC East? I'm hoping the Giants are, but I obviously want to hear an opinion besides my bias. Do you guys think that that Philly should be the favorite to take it? I would have had them that way just because I think Wentz is the best QB there at the moment. But I don't know, man. He's just not playing right. Their offensive line is horrible. And I I just need to see improvement from all those teams. Honestly, I like Washington the most just because I think their defense is good. And Alex Smith has the most playoff pedigree out of them all. But no, on the Brown side, man, I, I think they looked okay. I mean, another, another awful offensive performance at home versus not a good defense again. I mean, it's just like, like we've been saying this all year about Baker Mayfield. Like, if you can't get it done versus the Texans and versus the Eagles with a combined of, of 32 points in two weeks, it, it's just embarrassing, man. I feel bad for Miles Garrett kind of killing it game after game. But, yeah, no, they, they need some, some spark on the offensive side, even though they do run it for over uh, 100 yards per game. I feel like these, these wins that the Browns are getting are just, well, I don't want to say typical Cleveland Browns win because in our lifetime we haven't seen them win that much. But, like you said, Steve, they're ugly wins, and I want to start calling those Cleveland Brown games because that is what it is. I mean, it's, I feel like it's always raining. There's always a bunch of turnovers, and then there's just – it's never it's never pretty, like you said. But as far as the Eagles and the NFC East, I really don't know, Steve, to be honest with you, who the best team in that division is right now. I mean, this year is a tough, a tough year to judge it on. But I think, you know, obviously the Giants and the, and the Cowboys have the best running backs. Uh, the Redskins probably have the best wide receiver and Terry McLaurin. And like Lou said, the Eagles have the best quarterback. So I think they're all good in their own different ways. I definitely want to see what that division is next year when everyone's back and healthy. But right now, yeah, I really can't say. I mean, I feel like I mean, we know that division's up for grabs, but I feel like talent-wise, it really is up for grabs too. I mean, it's anyone's division at this point, so it's really hard to tell. It's all going to come down to division record. A lot of teams, like the Giants played uh, most of their division games already, got another important one versus the Cowboys later in the season. But the Eagles still got a couple games against the Cowboys, I think, and maybe another shot at Washington or so. But we were just talking about the Browns, so let's stay in that division, guys. And the Ravens lost two straight, lost to the Pats last week and lost to Tennessee this week. And not hating on the Ravens here, but guys, that's not looking good. And their next matchup, if they do play with all this COVID stuff going on, is supposed to be on Thanksgiving in Pittsburgh. So that's obviously a, a tough division game. Pittsburgh just won Jacksonville 27-3. So Pittsburgh's looking good, and I, I don't know if the Ravens are going to be ready to deal with the Steelers, especially banged up like they are. And, you know, this isn't looking good as far as the standings go because the, the Browns are only a win, a win or so away from the Ravens. So they could be fighting their way out of the playoffs instead of fighting for the division. It's kind of crazy to see. I mean, I'm not going to put it all on the mob, but, man, where's the development? Like, where's the growth? Like, what has he gotten better at specifically this season? Honestly, nothing. You know, I mean, there was an awful deep ball pick, I want to say, in the third quarter. And then the rest of the game, I mean, they really, like, begged him to throw the football downfield. And when he did, it didn't look great. And they kind of cut off the running lanes. I mean, when they were in the – 
in the red zone late in the game. They knew exactly what was coming. It was a pass play. He had the option. He went to run for it, and three guys swarmed on him. It's, it's become predictable at this point. It's on him and the coaching staff to, to get out of their comfort zones and, and surprise some defenses. Yeah, I mean, you guys know how I am when it comes to the Ravens. I'm extremely hard on them. I know Uncle Tony, probably the biggest Ravens fan we know, knows I've been hard on them all year. And, I mean, this is why, you know, if you had told me coming into the season that the Cleveland Browns were going to be ahead of the Baltimore Ravens in division standings, I would have called you crazy. You know what I mean? But like Lou said, there's just no development. Like, this is the same team that we saw last year, and nothing's gotten better. And I think teams have – caught on to their offense and you know that defense is really good but they're banged up right now so I think it does come down to not only Lamar developing but just I think that offense I mean how many read options can you do and how many play action plays can you do like Lou said I mean they're begging Lamar to to, you know throw the football down the field and even when he is they're not having great success so Definitely, you know, it's not all on Lamar, like Lou said. I mean, it's definitely a bunch of different things. But, yeah, not looking good for the Ravens right now. And I'm not going to bash them too hard because I do on a weekly basis. So I'm going to give them a a break this week because they've had a tough couple of weeks. But, yeah, not looking good for the Ravens at all. Yeah, and before we move on to the Titan side of things, just have to give you guys, you know, an Uncle Tony update. We were in the studio chefing something up uh, on Saturday. Got to look out for that Uncle Tony album coming December 18th. If you guys do not listen to Uncle Tony, he's the person that does our intro, our very fire intro. Go listen to him on all your music streaming stations. But guys, Tennessee, they have a solid record. But, but Lou, this is going to come down to the division, and they're going to have to win division games. And they have a couple of them coming up, right? Don't they play Houston again? They might play the Colts one more time. So I, I think the, the division games for the Titans down the stretch are going to be extremely important. Yeah, so that, that's who we play next week. I know it's crazy to think we play them twice in three weeks, but that's how they set up our schedule with two more Texans games coming for the Colts and one more for the Titans. Um, funny stat, uh, in the last 24 meetings, the Colts are 20-4 first the Titans, and we already beat them in Tennessee, but this is the biggest game of the year coming up for both of them. Henry has to play his best game. The defense has to be solid. Tannehill can't make any mistakes. I don't feel comfortable with a lead versus the Titans. So it's going to have to be a complete burial because I I do think Tannehill can have some juice at the end of games with A.J. Brown. I I like the way they're trending, but next week will be the biggest game of the year for the AFC South by a country mile. Yeah, this is going to be a good game. I actually like that they're playing them this week, Lou. I think that's good for your Colts coming off a big win against the Packers. Sorry, uh, carrying that momentum into the the Titans game. So I like that. Definitely going to be a close game. I don't want to... I don't want to call a winner yet, Lou, because, you know, nah, I'm going to lock it in. Go with the Colts, Lou. Let's ride with the shoe this week. I'm with it. I'm all with it. That's definitely going to be an important game. And, Lou, you know we're pushing for you there. But, guys, let's move to some not-so-great news. And that Joe Burrow injury, I mean, that was really ugly to watch. And you got to feel bad because that team was trending in the right direction. The only good thing about all that is the Giants play them next week coming off the bye week. So I'm hoping we can actually have a three-game win streak versus Cincinnati that'd be something that I probably haven't been able to say since 2016 so I'm trying to soak that up as much as I can but I have a question for both of you guys there's a lot of fantasy players on that Bengal team what, what do we think about Tyler Boyd and T Higgins Gio Bernard those guys going forward I mean they were so volume heavy with Joe Burrow but with Ryan Finley throwing the ball I mean I think all those guys get demoted heavily keep them away from 
me. I don't want nothing to do with it. But I honestly think this is some, in a way, not a good thing for the Bengals, but now they're going to have a higher draft pick. You get to surround Joe Burrow with better talent. I mean, they need an O-line desperately. That's why he's hurt right now. I mean, if they get a top five pick in the draft, which I think they will, if there's not a clear-cut number one O-lineman up there, they can move down, get more picks, get an O-lineman and develop around him. It stinks that he's going to be out for a while, but I do think it's better for the future of the Bengals that they do uh, draft higher because this, this was a wash season anyways. Yeah, my biggest thing, I think, you know, is just how he's going to come back from the injury. I mean, nowadays it's pretty pretty good that you're going to come back from, a, from an ACL injury. But with quarterbacks, you never know. So I think that's my biggest thing right now is, is how good Burrow's going to be when he comes back and, uh, and how strong that knee's going to be. But like Lou said, I mean, it definitely isn't the worst thing to happen for them. You know, they weren't really going anywhere this year as far as playoffs or anything like that. So, you know, like Lou said, maybe you can – not tank, but get a get a high draft pick and and maybe get some talent around Joe Burrow. But yeah, I mean, I'm 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 more concerned about how he's gonna you know rehab and come back as opposed to what their plans are for the future because obviously a big part of their future is surrounded around Joe Burrow. So I think that's that's their biggest concern right now is getting him a hundred percent. Yeah, it definitely is. And in that same game, guys, Washington tied it up with the rest of the division. I mean. The NFC East is tied with three wins. The Eagles just being ahead with the tie there. And, Lou, you made some great points about Washington. They probably have, you know, the most solid defense. Kev, you said they probably have the best wide receiver in the division. So Alex Smith really might be the, the most conservative playmaker, like, for, for that team, and that might just be enough. And, you know, the Eagles' schedule going forward isn't good. The Giants' schedule going forward isn't good. And also with, with talking about the Redskins here, we could talk about the Cowboys and their offense decided to show up, you know, this week, but I don't think that's something that would be, you know, consistent either. Yeah, definitely. I, I do like Washington as a whole. I, I think they're trended in the right direction. Get some old linemen, man. Uh, another piece on offense and develop a QB behind Alex Smith. And he, he's, he could have some good years ahead of him, man. I mean, he's not that old. He got a couple years off, uh, obviously due to the injury, but doesn't take any toll on the arm. He can still move in Riverboro Ron, man underrated all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna address the elephant in the room because i know you guys are probably jumping out of your chairs ready to talk about it my pats before i dive in i want to i want to hear your guys's uh breakdown of the game and what you guys think Mm -hmm. honestly i think deshaun watson was excellent in the game honestly and i feel like he was he was really the big difference for the game honestly and it's crazy the Pats can go and beat a Ravens team and then can can lose to like a Texans team like that. It's just, are you going to be you know a, a fringe you know playoff team? Are you not? And you could say the same thing with Houston too because I don't see them winning a, a lot of division games going forward. But with seven or possibly eight teams, depending with COVID going on, that could be a team that would push the bottom of the AFC. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just think it was a lot of Deshaun, but at the end of the game, man, I mean, Cam looked like a deer in headlights. He looked so uncomfortable in the pocket. It's absolutely awful. Once they got close to the red zone, he just had happy feet, man. He couldn't keep it together. They couldn't string anything together on that last drive, really. It's just, it's unfortunate to see, man. He played well the whole game, pretty much. But when it came down to it and the, the Texan defense really got in his face, he just looked so uncomfortable. And, and you can't be like that in those situations when you have a guy like Watson on the other side when it comes to those fourth quarter crunch time situations. He's as cool as can be, and he was absolutely all over the path yesterday, as he usually is. Yeah, no, I think you guys are right, Lou. I like that you you touched upon that Cam thing because it's so funny how, you know, in, in a year 
times have really changed because if this was last year and Tom Brady was marching down the field with two minutes left against an eh, Houston Texans team, you know what I mean? Pats fans would be like, oh, this is it. We got this in the bag. But this year it's a different story. I mean, it's three or four games now where we've had a chance to win on the last drive and we just haven't. I mean, throwing it back to, what was it, week two or three when we played Seattle? I mean, we were literally on the two-yard line and couldn't punch it in. So definitely think, I mean, it's just, it's sketchy. It is. As soon as they got on the field for that last drive, I said, I don't get a good feeling about this. I thought it was either going to be a Cam Newton fumble or a bad, you know, ball tipped at the D-line, getting intercepted type of play. And it's just really, really sporadic right now. And like Steve, just it's inconsistent. I mean, you can beat a Baltimore Ravens team. And yeah, I know we've talked about the Ravens flaws this year and Lamont's flaws, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's a better team than the Houston Texans. You know what I mean? So if we can step up and play good against them, there's no reason we shouldn't be beating teams like the Texans, even on an off year, which if that's what most people consider this for the Pats an off year, we should still be beating these teams. And like I said, throwing it back to Seattle and now this game, and that's two chances you have to, really impact your record. I mean, you go from being four and six to six and four, if you can, you know, finish on those last couple of drives. But I mean, it is what it is. It's the story of the season. So I'm not going to get too wrapped around it. We didn't really have a chance anyway, even if we did make the playoffs, we weren't going anywhere. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to take it for what it is, but what are you going to do? And to stay with Houston, Houston's going to have a, a tough game on Thanksgiving versus the Lions. And the Lions just got embarrassed versus the Panthers. The XFL stud, P.J. Walker, came in and looked like he had a, a lot of experience and confidence playing the quarterback position. So shout out to him for having a huge game. But do you guys think after the Lions get blown out that they can beat a team like Houston? Or do you think Houston's going to kind of continue how they're playing now and, and handle the Lions on their, on their special game, on their primetime game? Any given, any given week. I think with the Lions, you never know what you're going to get. And with the Texans, it's the same thing. It's can everyone hold up their end and let Watson do his thing? And on the other side, can they hold up and let Stafford make big plays? It all comes down to whichever defense shows up can force the turnovers. I, I don't trust either team as far as I can throw them, and, and, I, and I cannot throw very far, as we all know. <laughs> yeah, these are definitely two sketchy teams, but I think it's, it's going to come down to – like Lou said, who can who can play the least sloppy? And also, I think it's going to come down to injuries because both of these teams are, are teams that have been dealing with injuries. So those are going to be the two biggest factors. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like to think the Lions are going to take it on Thanksgiving. For some reason, I, I always love the Lions Thanksgiving games. I don't know why. It's just something about Thanksgiving. I just like seeing the Lions play. I like seeing Matt Stafford play. So Nah, Kev, I, I feel you. I, I love it too. And I wish I could say the same about Washington, but going against the Cowboys, I mean, that game just, like, bores me. And then you hear the game that's on at night, and it's just like, okay, well, I can get through the afternoon game just to get to the night game. But hoping that even gets played. But since we just brought it up, guys, do you think Pittsburgh will stay 10-0 on Thanksgiving? I think it's likely. I wouldn't bank on it, but I think it's likely. I think it's likely. I mean, I'd rather them not if I was them. you got to taste defeat. It's never a good thing to be undefeated. I like what Lou said. It, it definitely is never good to be undefeated. However, I, I think this week they, they do stay undefeated just because, like we said, the Ravens have their flaws this season. Yeah, I thought that the Jacksonville was going to play them good enough where, where that game could have went a, a different way. But Pittsburgh handled themselves there. And even when they're trailing in games, you know, that their offense, they have a lot of potential to come back. So, you know, they have the offensive weapons and everything to, to go in with that. It's just a matter of staying healthy. But, guys, going to another game, 
Um, I want to hear your impressions on this one. And what did we think of Taysom Hill? We saw the Saints handle the Falcons. The Falcons kept it close early in the game, but the, the Saints pulled away after uh, the defense played good. But I thought Taysom Hill didn't play bad. But I also was expecting Winston to come in at least at some point in time. So I wonder what that was all about. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do see Winston somewhere down the line. I was impressed with how they mixed in the play calling because he did throw a lot more than I expected. But since last year, the Saints, 6-0 and without Drew Brees. That's not going to happen on any other professional football team in this league where the starter goes out and they go undefeated for our six games in two years. This is a good football team. Good on both ends, tons of weapons. So I'm not shocked they won it all. I think Breeze is, is a good football player still, but he's essentially a game manager at this point with a high IQ. So, I mean, I think Jameis, if he's in there, can get some wins. Taysom Hill looked very good. I'm just not at all surprised that they beat the Falcons at home, regardless if Kev was in a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen, I don't know. It might have been a different game if I was in the quarterback. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, Taysom Hill looked good. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep because, like Lou said, it, it is the Falcons, and we know how bad that defense is, so it didn't really matter who was quarterbacking. But I agree with you, I, Steve. I think I was definitely expecting to see Winston at least at some point, even if he didn't start the game. But I think, you know, if Drew Brees' injury comes out and, you know, it ends up being a longer timetable than – we're expecting, then I think, you know, they will stop mixing in both of them because I think Taysom Hill, he is, you know, good and he did look good, but I think he's mixing him in with another guy as opposed to him taking all the snaps throughout the game. I definitely feel that. And guys, the last game I want to talk about, Chiefs and the Raiders on on Sunday Night Football. We still have the the Bucks and the Rams game going on right now. It's 17 up. Brady just threw an ugly pick. But going to that Sunday night game, I thought Mahomes handled business when he needed to. But I also have to give a lot of credit to Derek Carr because I thought he was absolutely excellent. Darren Waller was excellent. Travis Kelsey was excellent. It was a great game all around, honestly. And the Raiders find ways to, to score points with them. And, you know, they, they have a good defensive script against the Chiefs too, the Raiders. So I thought that that was a great game. And, you know, this could possibly be a game that we see wild card weekend if if the Steelers stay undefeated and, and keep that one seed you know seeing the the two seed against against the bottom seed maybe the Raven the Raiders are the bottom seed that'd be really interesting yeah de- definitely man the Raiders impressed me a ton on both ends I do think the defense needs to be shored up for sure definitely would get worked on in the offseason but the Raiders are back 110 percent Derek Haas having probably his best season ever if maybe excluding the year he got MVP votes but, man, they look good. Chiefs started slow. They got it together at the end. I mean, the better players won the game. But, man, if I'm the Chiefs, I do not want to see them in a wild card, man. That is the last team I want to see. I'd actually be praying to see Baltimore instead of them just because of the matchup. Yeah, Lou, I like that you finished with that because I was actually just going to say that. I mean, the Raiders really are probably the only team in the NFL right now that really have the Chiefs number. And, you know, not the Chiefs number in the, in the sense that they're going to beat them every time they play them. But every game's competitive. I mean, we saw they beat them by, what was it, 18 the first time they played. They kept it very close last night. So, I mean, they just know how to play the Chiefs. We see that a lot, you know, in, in interdivision matchups, just seeing each other so many times throughout the seasons that eventually you learn how to play against each other. And I think that's what happened with the Raiders. And like Lou said, this is not a team, if I'm the Chiefs, that I want to see in that, in that first round. And I know it's crazy. We're sitting here saying, yeah, we'd rather see Baltimore because the start of the season, we, we would have been calling ourselves crazy. But 
I think Lou's right. I think you do want to see a team like Baltimore or a team like Oakland just because Oakland knows how to play you and you've had success against Baltimore in the past. Yeah, another team that could be in that mix for the bottom of that AFC would possibly be the Titans. You know, Lou, the Colts handling things as they should and they'll be the division winner. So the Titans could be another team and those are going to be a lot of tough matchups for the Chiefs in the playoffs regardless of what team it ends up being if one of those three teams are it. Obviously, the Chiefs could pull the Browns too and I mean that would be that would be absolutely embarrassing for Cleveland but a lot of tough matchups that that could possibly be there for the AFC playoff picture definitely all up in the air right now all right guys that's gonna wrap things up for our week 11 impressions and we're getting on to week 12 Thanksgiving week that came quick and just excited to sit down with the family watch some football uh, and enjoy the long weekend That's going to wrap things up, guys. Leave us that five-star review, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody.